the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views expressed on the following program do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management. Perspective. Teaching. Conversation. This is Isaiah 61. Over the next half hour, you'll hear why the Lord provided those verses and how they can be used in witnessing, in the church, and in daily life as God's children. Now, here's your host of Isaiah 61 from Spirit of the Lord Church in North Minneapolis, Pastor Joe Sutton. Hey, good afternoon. This is Pastor Joe Sutton. Uh, just giving you a nice, uh, warm welcome to Saturday afternoon. Uh, here we are. You know, uh, it's the weekend of... Uh, Dr. Martin Luther King's birthday, and uh, just a little reflection upon that. Uh, I want to invite you all out to a, a joint service we're doing with uh, Urban Refuge Church, at Urban Refuge Church in South uh, Minneapolis. Uh, it's called Broken, you know what I mean? And so we're we're doing a joint service, just remembering um, the Dr. Martin Luther King and the dream, and and uh, what he what he had, what he stood for, what he what he preached, and uh, it's going to be real interesting. We have a couple guys who. Grew up through that era. One, you know, was a uh, more or less, you know, a white supremacist. The other one was a black supremacist. And but they both came to Jesus and found out that at the cross, that's where harmony and unity matters. And so uh, we just we just get together, try to get together once a year. We we're meeting at Urban Refuge, which is fifty five hundred one Chicago Avenue South. Uh, their service starts at ten fifteen, and then after service by eleven thirty, we'll have a uh, uh, a potluck. And in our congregations sit down and we'll share, share meals, share food, and uh, just share a good time with each other, getting to know one another. You know, it's just a a, a, a first step, initial step. You know, we serve together, do projects, and uh, just trying to be in harmony. You know, just trying to be in harmony and as brothers and sisters in Christ. You know, I don't get together with my natural brother all that often, but when we do get together, uh, it's a great time and we love one another and, and I don't get to get together with all of my brothers in Christ, but when we do get together, it's a great time and I, I enjoy it and I love it. And, uh, and just our two congregations, uh, this is our, uh, really our fourth year, you know, third year doing something, uh, you know, just really, really organized, getting together and then, uh, and just sharing with each other and, and helping each other out through the year. So it's going to be a great time. And, uh, pastor Andy Gray is a senior pastor and, uh, you know, we're going to be there and, and uh, these guys are going to share and, and we're just going to love on one another and have a good time. So it's kind of good for us. You know, we'll we'll get a break and we won't be at our location because our, our church isn't big enough to hold both congregations. And uh, so we're, we're going over to Urban Refuge again. So it's uh, looking forward to a good time. Look for the, and we invite you out to come out. You know, if you want to do, do uh, just do some celebration of that day. You know, I always try to, um, you know, take advantage of the school days that are out. To, that that my kids know is not just an off day. <laughs> There's a reason why everything is closed, and the reason why you know these people are honored, and uh, and you need to understand and have a, a great understanding that other than the fact that it's an off day. You know what I mean? I mean when I was little, I used to get Memorial Day and Labor Day mixed up. You know, <laughs> it's like 
you know, one was for labor and one was for military, you know, but I, all I knew is that we were going to barbecue on that day and it was going to be a good day, you know, and, and uh, my uncle used to be there, I said, boy, do you know why, you know, and then uh, that's how I learned why with them sitting down just telling me, you know, you know, why uh, school is out, banks closed, you know, the government honors these days. And uh, and sometimes we just have to have that level of understanding to know why and not just how it benefits us or our flesh, but to really know why. And I, and I segue knowing why into into our subject today as we still talk about purpose. Uh, you know, sometimes you just have to know why. You know, I mean, it's one of the great questions that kids tend to ask. Uh, I remember I got slapped in the back of the head many times for asking why <laughs> and got the classic line because I said so. You know, what I mean, and and you go in, but you still ask why you still want to know why. You know, what I mean, and when you look at uh, life on this earth, people question why, you know, what I mean, uh, you know, even when people are, are, are contemplating uh, suicide or taking their own life, they always say, why, you know, why, you know, why me? You know, why out of everybody else? Why me? And you you get to wondering, you know, what, what is what is my reason for it? Why do I always seem to endure these type of situations or why does everybody come to me or uh, I help everyone and no one helps me. You know, you just have these different things. And, and when you look at the why in your life, you have to go back to understand, you know, purpose and purpose is, is locked in. The fact is what did the creator create for me to do? You know, um, Miles Monroe was a, a big guy on purpose. And he had this comment where purpose is unknown. Abuse is inevitable. And, uh, you know, he said, like, you know, we'll take a chair and the chair is designed to sit on. But we turn a chair into a ladder, <laughs> a lock. You know, what I mean, we turn a chair into a lot of things. You know, I used to turn it into a spaceship. I would turn the chair over, sit on the back, and let the legs be my propulsion units out the back. And I'd be sitting there driving, right, and rocking the side to side because it was a round back chair. I can I can rock the side to side like I'm like I'm avoiding asteroids or something like that. You know, what I mean, that's not what that chair was designed for. But you know, but you know, hey, it fit the purpose for me. You know, and really I was abusing the chair, but I didn't really care because I was having fun until my mother showed up. And then she kind of rectified the whole situation. You know, when she when that yell came out that I knew, yeah, uh, you're not using her chair for the purpose it was created for. And she's going to she's going to level the playing field if you don't fix this right away and you jump up and you go back and doing that. And so so we, we do when we don't know uh, the purpose of something, we can't help but abuse it because we're not there. And it's the same thing with people. You know, even even as a leader, as a pastor, you know, I wish I could say I, I, I didn't get into abuse, but I did. Sometimes, you know, I get in there and a purpose, a person's purpose may be to work in children's ministry. And I'm asking them to help me usher or or, or do something like that. And, you know, and really, that's not they're, they're where they're supposed to be at. And so but if I don't know where they're supposed to be at, where abuse, where purpose is unknown, abuse is inevitable. You know, what I mean, I just think about where I need help at and not necessarily uh, where where God has called them to to work and what they need to do, you know. There's a uh, there's a scripture in Timothy that says there's some vessels there are many vessels in a house. Some are for honor and some are for dishonor. But the master of the house chooses, you know, how those vessels are to be used. And 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 that's just it. You know, you got some. You know, you know. It says everybody got that china or drinkware, silverware that you know are only supposed to be used during special events or <laughs> company comes or something like that. And then, you know, you also have uh, the ones you don't mind the kids breaking. You know what I mean? You give them out the little plastic cups and, and they can go and take those and drink those and do whatever they need to do with. And it doesn't mean that, that, that the, the creator, the master, that has, loves one more than the other. It's just that that's, that's the purpose for which 
that particular thing was created for. And and as as you discover, you know what I mean, or as you're taught where where you need where you need to go, what you were created for, what 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 was your purpose to be passed down, it helps you clarify some things. It helps you avoid um, you know, um the time wasters that can come into one's life and to to eat away at that. Now look at the life of Joseph, right? I was uh reading it, you know, starting a new year and you know, reading through uh Genesis on this lap around. You know, I was looking at Joseph's life and and um in chapter thirty seven it talks about how Joseph was a he was a shepherd and he worked for his, his, his brothers, you know, so he had to work for his brothers. So his brothers had a flock they had and Joseph worked for them. And so he he was learning how to uh, be a shepherd, how to care, how to tend, you know, feed, how to direct and in there. But uh, his dad also had another job for him, you know, in, in verse 13, you know, he, you know, he says, your, your, you know, your brothers are pastoring the sheep in Shechem. Get ready and I will send you to them. I'm ready to go, Joseph replied. Go and see how your brothers and the flocks are getting along, Jacob said. Then come back and bring me a report. So, so Jacob sent his son. Sent, sent him on his way, and Joseph traveled to Shechem from their home in the Valley of Hebron. You know, so he, here's Joseph had to go. Not only did he know how to shepherd, but his dad wanted an evaluation. You know, his dad needed eyes. His dad needed eyes and ears. You know, and Joseph was his eyes and ears. That was to let him know how things were going, how things were going business-wise, how they were going uh, character-wise with his brothers. And uh, and basically, you know, in, in my neighborhood, they would say, uh, you know, Jacob had Joseph being his snitch. You know what I mean? Just come back and tell him everything. So, so I, I don't put you in great favor with your brothers, especially when you have a couple of dreams where uh, your brothers and even your parents are bowing down to you and and uh, and, and and worshiping you and going along with that. So here's a young man who had a dream and a vision, and, and he believed that God had purposed in giving him um, this call in his life. You know, to be a leader. I mean, he was a leader. And uh, and he not only was a leader, you know, of men, but he's going to be a leader, you know, even of his family. And and so as he's going along, he's, he's working as as a shepherd, as an under shepherd, learning how to lead, you know, learning how to care for things and putting those basics and fundamentals in his life. And then, you know, he had to learn how to give those reports. And Jacob had him giving reports and coming back. And you see later on where this is a benefit in his life, even in the midst of captivity. Even as a slave, he knew how to work for somebody. He knew how he knew his limits. You know, he knew what he was expected to do. He knew what was expected of him. And, and he knew how to make that thing happen. And, uh, you know, and even but his relationship with the Lord gave him his character and his morality and his boundaries. That even though even without a Sunday school class or or a written word, he knew that to lay with Potiphar's wife would be wrong because it wouldn't just be wrong because it's part of his wife. He said, you know, how can I do this thing and sin against God? So, you know, so even in the midst of his preparation, of his father preparing him and him understanding, you know, what what God wanted from someone, you know, he, but he knew that it was wrapped around his purpose as a leader. Now, here you are feeling that you had these dreams and uh, you're, 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 you're your dad's favorite. You know, you get to lead, you're working, you're doing this, you, you know, you even got the prettiest coat out of everybody in the family. And, you know, you think you're on the fast track to to go to Harvard or Wharton and then be this great business leader. And next thing you know, you know, your, 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 your brothers out of their jealousy sell you into slavery. 
and you got to work for this guy. But he, I mean, he, he, you know, if anybody you look at in, in, in the scriptures, he did his work as unto the Lord. I mean, he made his enemies to prosper, but he didn't ever look at it as I'm, I'm making Potiphar the, the, the prosperous. Like, you know, I'm going to do my best. I'm going to do an excellent job because I'm doing my work as unto the Lord. And, and, and that was a drive in his life. And he, and he did it, even though it looked like that dream wasn't going to be fulfilled. And, you know, and we have to have patience sometimes. Sometimes we have these these dreams of grandeur because we're surrounded by grandeur. Or we're watching certain TV ministries or something like that. And, you know, and we think that, oh, mine's going to be just like that. But you know what? The journey that God has you on is your journey. And, you know, and he's going to prepare you and take you through the training that you need in order for you to do what he's called you to do. Now, the training is going to vary from person to person because some of us are a little bit more obedient than others. Some of us uh, have more things to uh, annihilate in our life than others. Some of us have too many gifts, so we got to whittle them down because we think we can do a little bit of everything. And we got to get down to that one thing that we've been called to do. So there's a lot of different things, factors that go into that. But, you know, Joseph was we talk about the patience of Job. Joseph has some patience, too, because. You know, I would be looking like, man, I had these dreams <laughs> and man, they don't look like it ain't. Psh, I'm bowing down to everybody else, you know, to, to go to that to that factor. But, he, you know, he, he stuck with it. He was a leader uh, and he led no matter what, even working for Pharaoh. He led, you know, what I mean, and that's what he did. He did what he knew. He understood what he was called to do. It didn't matter whether it was in a big arena. It didn't matter whether it was in prison. It didn't matter whether it was in a whole nation. You know what I mean? You know, he did his thing. He led. You know what I mean? And so, and, and that's what we have to look at and not uh, understand that our present situation is not our final destination. So just because we may be operating at a certain level today doesn't mean where it's at. And you might be at that level because, you know, there's some people that you need to come in contact with that you need to plan into that you would never come in contact with if you were out there quote-unquote, function at the level where you believe you should be at. You know, I know in my own life that's been true, and, I, and I'm, I'm, I'm thankful now, you know, that I was obedient, but it wasn't always a, a willing obedience. It was an obedience because you're God. It wasn't obedience because you're right. You know what I mean? It's just obedience because you're God, and I'm going to obey. But really, I think it's a better way to do this thing. I mean, that's just that's how it goes. So you have Joseph, and this whole scenario afterwards plunges him down this road, but, you know, even when he when he was running with and uh, running Egypt, you know, I mean, I, I looked at something there uh, when I, we talk about, you know, living in harmony and and and, uh, and, and reconciling, especially racial reconciliation. You know, what I mean, which is it, which is a kind of hard one for me, you know, what I mean, because I, I look at, you know, race is not culture and there are different cultures within saying races. You can be a mono ethnic church, but be multicultural. And you and you could be a multicultural church, I mean, a multi-ethnic church, but yet be monoculture. And, you know, and we have to look at that because, you know, with even within my community, there's different cultures, you know, that, that go along. I mean, I don't care if you're talking about hip hop, blues, R&B, when you look at music or if you look at how you handle finance, educated, uneducated, uh, you know, it's just different cultures that they go urban, suburban, rural, you know, and, and, and that's within the same racial makeup group. You know what I mean? And so sometimes you, you're trying to get someone to reconcile, uh, you know, ethnically. 
when it's hard for even them to reconcile amongst their own self, you know, culturally. You know what I mean? So how can I reconcile with you when I can't reconcile uh, with, with anybody else? How can I reconcile with you when I can't even reconcile with, with my with my marriage? All right. So we will take a break and pop up and come back and wrap up on the life of Joseph and talk about some ways that our purpose can help lead and direct and guide you. So stay tuned. Spirit of the Lord Church is a multi-ethnic, multi-generational church impacting North Minneapolis and the greater Twin Cities. Emphasizing the four pillars of godly thinking, training up godly children, godly marriages, and outreach to the community. Spirit of the Lord has quickly become a staple to some of the people who need God the most. As they focus on Jesus Christ, grace and truth bind them together to become God's best. Join them for service every Sunday morning at 1030 at 1001 Penn Avenue North in Minneapolis. Spirit of the Lord Church, a proud sponsor of Isaiah 61. This is Nick Anderson, General Manager of the Mission. As an Eagle Scout, Be Prepared was instilled in me as the Boy Scout model. As a ministry leader, how prepared is your organization for the unexpected? Are you prepared to support a member of your congregation for when their home burns down or when severe weather rolls through your neighborhood? How will your organization react? The Mission is hosting a free Crisis and Security Summit Thursday, January 26th. To register for this free event, go to am980themission.com. Brought to you by Mill City Protection Agency. Hey, this is Pastor Joe Sutton. Welcome back to Isaiah 61, the radio ministry of Spirit of the Lord Church. Uh, we we're talking about Joseph and uh, and just his, his patience and understanding that, that you have to be patient uh, yourself as you work in toward, towards your purpose and what, what you're doing and, and where you want to go in life. I know personally for me to discover, uh, you know, what it was, it wasn't what I really wanted to hear. You know, I mean, I deserve you know, serve. Oh my goodness, serve. Serve can mean so many things. You know, what I mean, and and, I, and then you get around people, and you get around fellow ministers who may have a different uh, viewpoint, or have been called to a different viewpoint. I'm not knocking what they do or how they do it, but uh, you know, it's 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 there. You know, I remember one guy telling me, "Say, uh, you know, your church will never grow because you give people too much time." You know, because I spend time with people. I say, "Well, I feel that's what I'm called to do." to explain, to give purpose, to give meaning, and to bring out the gifts of folks. And I don't know how I can do that from the pulpit. You know what I mean? I, I just It's going to take time, nurturing, discipleship. I know I can't do it with everyone, but I, I, my, my prayer is that people are passing on. And, uh, and you know, not understanding that I'm just not called just to be an orator. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm called to be a, a, a builder of leaders. You know, that, that's what I'm, I'm called to do. I'm not called to orate and and just get everybody to the cross. I mean, I have to do that as as a minister. I'm calling the Great Commission for that. But to, to understand that that I have to take extra time with people to to bring out their gifts and their callings, and and to make sure that they're leaders. You know, to make sure that they're leaders. And uh, just so excited about the group of young people that I've had the privilege of working with the last ten, fifteen years. And as they all get up to adulthood now, and they're all you know taking their stand, and they're in their early twenties with all kinds of dreams and visions and, and, uh, and, and, and good backup. You know, they have, they have some older people in their lives who, 
who backed them up and, and get them there. And, and I'm just excited for what's going to happen down the road and, and, the, and, the, and the young people they invest in coming up. But think about purpose. Think about that. Think about going. Uh, you, you go through some things. You, you, you feel like that original dream you had is, is never going to come to pass. Um, you know, these are feelings that I know Joseph wrestled with, and that's why he's one of my, just one of my favorites. You know what I mean? It's, it's, I even chose all the Josephs for my baptismal name as a, as a Catholic. You know, so it's, when I got my baptismal name, my confirmation name, my baptismal name was Joseph from the Old Testament. My confirmation name was Joseph from the New Testament with, with Mary. So, you know, my name is Joseph Cornelius, Joseph, Joseph Sutton, if you look at it from a, from that standpoint, you know what I mean? But they, they just spoke to me about the level of patience that they had, that even though they might not understood or agree with what God was doing in their lives, they still went along with it. And I've always tried to shape and mold myself that same way. Even if I may not agree with it, I still go along with it because he's God and I'm not. So you get into this purpose, you get into it, you understand, you start driving, you start seeking, you know what I mean? You start trying to make your way happen. You do some things you may even want to, you know, feel like you got to go to school. You may feel like uh, you got to, you know, change jobs. You may feel like you, a, a lot of things that you may have to do in order to bring this thing to pass. You know what I mean? And, and the, truth, the truth of the matter is, is that all those are valid, but you, you have to know what God has called you to do. And, and my best advice to anybody, especially if you called in, the, you feel you called in the ministry, is that you really need a pastor. And I'm not talking about a preacher. You need a pastor. You need someone that you can talk to. You need someone that knows you. No, you know their voice and they know yours and, and, and you can bounce things off of and you can go back because and when you're in a position of leadership and you have people's lives and their destinies and their soul at stake, you want to make sure you do everything you can to assure that what you speak into someone's life and what, what you do in someone's life is as close to what God wants as possible. You know, we're human. We fail. We make mistakes. That's just it. But, you know, and that's why we we have to make sure that we're in submission to someone else just as much as we expect people to be in submission to us. You know what I mean? And and I, I know that's a problem, you know what I mean? Because I have a lot of pastor friends and I know it's a problem. You know what I mean? They, they, they can't understand how they could take their vision and entrust it to someone else. You know what I mean? I say, but you know what? People say the same thing about you. And, uh, and so, you know, it's, it's given, it shall be given unto you. So as you give, you know, then people won't be willing to give to you as you trust. People will be willing to trust you. I mean, that's just a biblical principle and something we have to understand. But when you're looking at purpose and what you need to do, one of the things you have to do is you really, 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 really need to talk to those who raised you. You know what I mean? Because then, you know, when the creator created you, he said, I knew you even before you was in your mother's womb. So, you know, your purpose just doesn't come to light once you accept Christ. You start seeing that 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 you have a niche towards something. That, I mean, it's just like a person has a niche toward numbers, and other ones can write, and you know, other ones can speak, and others can dance, and other. I mean, you start looking at that. Now, your talent and gift doesn't necessarily mean that's your purpose, but because some talents and gifts are passed down naturally, you know, just biologically or DNA wise, and other things that are there. So you have to go in there and and search and research yourself. And look at, you know, what it is am I drawn to? What kind of people are drawn to me? Yeah, I mean, that that's a great hint on what the creator has created you for because we attract what we are, not what we want. Yeah, I mean, so you look at those that are attracted to you, and what 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 needs to do. And, and uh, you know, certain people are just attracted to me. Yeah, I mean, and because they're attracted to me, that gives me a hint on what my purpose is, because I'm called to serve them. You know, what I mean, and they have unique talents and liabilities 
and and I'm there to help them with those, you know, because they're drawn drawn to me, and I have to look at that, you know. What I mean, I have to look at the what makes me angry, you know. What I mean, you know, when I look at it, that I you know I just feel like it needs to be eradicated, it needs to be changed, and so as as we go through these different modes and means of trying to understand what exactly is my place in the kingdom, what exactly is my place in, in this world. You know, I mean, those of us that are multi-talented, it is hard finding your purpose because we can do so much, you know, what I mean, that we can get out of there. But and then trying to nail it down to exactly that one thing that God wants us to do is uh, is really a chore. I, I leave you with these words that uh, Bishop David uh, from Nigeria said this. He says, 19 and under, you don't count. And they didn't count anybody in the Bible who did uh, 19 and under. They didn't count them. So don't worry about it. He said 20 to about 30. Three thirty-five. You try to do a little everything. You you get your hand in everything. You you just try to be an expert in everything. You know you you, you run here. You do this. You got your education. He said thirty-five to forty-five. You you narrow down to one or two things that you do well. And he said forty-five to sixty. You usually have that one thing that you do well, and you you narrow it down to that. So in, in your journey where you are, as you as you slowly sorting it out, don't expect miracles to happen in a day or to walk in purpose in a day. But know that it's coming as you stay faithful and God has a journey for you, just like he had a journey for Joseph. Respect the journey, embrace the journey, and have a great week. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.